This is the Life at Work podcast, an initiative of City Bible Forum. The Life at Work podcast is produced by City Bible Forum. To find out more, go to citybibleforum.org slash lifeatwork. Hi, I'm Andrew Laird and welcome to the Life at Work podcast, where we meet real workers wrestling with real workplace issues. Today, out of the pulpit and onto the tools. So sometimes builders might think, oh, I'm just here to get a job done. I just want to race in, punch out this bathroom and go. Hopefully I won't see that person again. They pay the invoice and I'm done. Because maybe the, the lens of that person is actually created in God's image. It changes how you speak to them, how you communicate with them, uh, how you love them how you actually spend time with them. My guest today is Hobart-based builder and former Anglican youth minister James Veltmeyer. I'm Andrew Laird, and this is the Life at Work podcast. For many of us, our career can take many twists and turns, some surprising, others exciting, others still it's only in hindsight that we can see God's purposes. James Veltmeyer has moved between very different professions over the course of his working life, from carpenter to youth pastor to currently running his own small business in the building industry. It's a varied career, revealing the different ways we can serve God and love others across a range of workplaces. So to explore all this and more, welcome to the podcast, James. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. Wonderful to chat with you today. Now, you're in sunny Hobart, is that right? That's it. It's beautiful down here. It's It's like I'm only wearing like a shirt and it's like 12 degrees or something. So, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Lovely. So, James, to start, look, take us back to the end of high school. Was there a um, career path that you had mapped out for yourself or was it really a case of just trying your hand at something at the end of school and seeing what works? Oh, uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, casting the mind back a fair few years now. I did uh, grade 12 in 99, um, and it's the same year I um, was teaching Sunday school at the church I grew up at, St. Luke's Miranda. And um, during that, I was like, I actually really enjoy this. I really enjoy teaching the Bible, really enjoy teaching young children. And I thought, uh, and also in many churches, there's a lot of um, primary school teachers already. I thought, I could be a primary school teacher. That's actually that would be really, really good. Well, during year 12, uh, you find out what you need to do to become certain things, and I found out uh, I had to go to university for that. So that pretty much axed that idea straight up. There was like, okay. no, there's no way I'm going to, to uni for three to four years. Um, well, I was doing a subject called building construction at the time as well in grade 12, which would help a pathway for TAFE. And my building instruction teacher, his son worked for a company that would regularly take on carpenters, um, apprentices. And mm. I thought, well, actually, I'll enjoy working my hands. I love physical work. A lot of people um, in my family and my mum's side were tradesmen as well. And I thought, well, this looks really good. And so, um, yeah, finished grade 12, pretty much went for a job and uh, got a job straight away. So, um, yeah, started my carpentry apprenticeship. Yeah, fantastic. So, straight out of school into a carpentry apprenticeship, you know, there are often uh, stories about it being pretty tough for young apprentices on building sites, um, particularly as a Christian. Uh, what was your early experience like? And uh, was that your experience of being tough? And what helped you navigate uh, some of those challenges or those tough things, particularly as a Christian? Yes, yeah, so I grew up in a Christian family. My parents are Christians. Um, and there was never a time that I didn't trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. And so... 
uh, went to Sunday school, went to youth groups, uh, went to church. Um, so sometimes you might be in that kind of like sheltered Christian upbringing a little bit. And so mm. um, still went along to parties and that sort of thing uh, in my later years of high school. So you still see people making certain decisions. Uh, but it was probably next level when I started with a company. Uh, I remember just talking to people at work and they were always talking about getting drunk and drinking as much as they can on the weekend. Probably the amount of drugs that people would take. And it was nearly the whole company from the people working to the people in the offices. And mm. I was actually, I was blown away by um, just the extent of it. Which the irony is, when I said, well, actually, no, I've never been drunk and no, I don't actually take drugs, they were blown away that I didn't do it. Wow. And so it was this real mix where I couldn't believe they lived like that, but then they couldn't believe that I lived like the way I did. And so, um, yeah, you're definitely, you're definitely different um, and you definitely stand out and people are confused by it in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think definitely having close, strong Christian friendships during that time uh, definitely helped. Mm. Um, and just people you can talk to and then you, you do catch up with and you are spending a lot of your time with who are Christians, um, yeah, definitely encourage you when those tricky times do happen. Um, mm. And at the same time, I'd look at their lives and it just actually didn't make sense to me sometimes. And I would eventually, I would chat to them about that and try and share and share Jesus. But I can mm. see how, yeah, for a lot of young tradesmen, it is a different world um, on the building side and it can be, it can be confronting, yeah. Mm. Can I ask, how did they respond when you did try and uh, share something of your faith with them? Um, some people would engage in conversation or they would have 101 questions that they wouldn't talk to any other Christians and so they would have questions for you. Mm. Um, some dismiss it. Um, it'd, be similar, it'd be similar to now talking to people um, in, our, in our culture. Um, I think sometimes you have to realise you are that one Christian that they probably have in their lives. Mm. Uh, not many people have many Christian friends. They might have a, an auntie that goes to church somewhere. Um, so yeah, people have questions and when they see you living different way and I don't know, you're not joining in, in paying them out that you're actually, mm. uh, kind and caring and you're trying to do a good job as well. Your foreman see you as someone who they can rely on. Um, yeah, I think mostly it confuses people. They think, wow, there's something mm. about this guy. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Mm, mm, that's wonderful. And I mean, lots there just uh, really applicable um, right across the board, whatever workplace you're in, in terms of the way you live and that just being such a such a striking thing for people. But uh, <laughs> that you might only be the only Christian um, in their life. And so what an opportunity there. Mm. Look, James, I um, I spend most of my work week uh, sitting in front of a laptop, <laughs> sitting in an <laughs> office. And so I find personally when I mow the lawn on Saturday, it's so satisfying to get out there and actually see what I have accomplished. So I just imagine it must be like that for you all of the time, just, you know, satisfaction all day long, completing a job, finishing building something, and then just stepping back and ad admiring your handiwork. I is that true? A and look, what are some of the favourite parts of, uh, of your job? 
Oh, I think it is true. And all you have to do is spend like five minutes on Instagram and there's like a thousand memes about dads in their cars saying to their son, <laughs> I built that. And their sons don't care or celebrities showing something and saying, yeah, I built that or I did that. Um, it definitely is one of the um, the, uh, the highlights. You can, at the, the end of the day, you're packing the tools up and, then you, and you look there and think, actually, I did. I built that whole deck. Um, I did that whole extension. I actually did do that. Um, it's one of the, is one of the highlights. I think a lot of times, especially bathrooms, like I'll renovate bathrooms that are either very old or they're leaking. And so you mm. have to do a lot of work. Um, and, and bathrooms are one of those beautiful rooms you can see a massive difference in. Um, and when you think actually, yeah, I built that, I was a part of the team that created that. And then also when a client you see maybe a couple months later, come up to you and say, oh, my bathroom, we still love that room. Like, thank you mm. so much. Um, so, yeah, it is a combination of all those things. It's very rewarding. Mm. Mm. Now, James, obviously, uh, straight up for high school, you said uh, a few years working uh, in the construction industry in carpentry, but a few years after that, your career took quite a dramatic change, didn't it? Putting down the tools and uh, picking up the books to study to become a pastor. Um, I'm sure the joke's been made plenty of times before, but Jesus went from carpentry to, to ministry. Uh, was that the inspiration for you? Well, I actually had um, a bumper sticker on the back of my car that said, um, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. And so um, that tied in a bit with that. People would talk about <laughs> that and say, who's this Jewish carpenter that you're, who's your boss? Um, yeah, during, I think it was around maybe early 2000s, the church I go to, I went to, um, they would have like a mission month and they had a speaker, Michael Cassidy from African Enterprise. And he, mm. yeah, did the sermon series, did workshops and that sort of thing. And in one sermon, um, so he's from South Africa with African Enterprise, he said, look, you don't, I'm not saying for people to become missionaries, but just stick up your hand and say, if God wants me to do mission, I'm willing to do it. So there was about 20 of us that actually went out, out the front then and said, yeah, mm -hmm. we're actually willing to do this. Um, and then I just said, look, at the end of my trade, I'm willing to go on a short-term mission trip. And um, so during those years, finished my trade, and there was an opportunity to go to Uganda in Africa with African Enterprise as well uh, mm -hmm. for about a month, and that was um, unbelievable. So that was a... Yeah, real interesting experience and just one I, I'm very thankful for. Mm. And from that experience, I was like, well, actually, I could do that again. Um, and the next step for me was to go to Bible college. And so I had friends at SMBC, Sydney Missionary and Bible College. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I decided, yeah, the next step is to go to Bible college. And um, yeah, that's where I, that was the next step. And I went there uh, 2005 to do uh, BTH. Mm. Was there... You, you've sort of summarised it there, but I imagine there was a process of some sort of wrestle as well too, was there for you between should I do this or should I stay in, stay in the trades? Uh, how did you how did you navigate that? Uh, it is, it was a little tricky because I do remember praying a lot about next steps. Like I was, I was a single guy, work was going really well. Mm. Um, and then praying a lot about how do I tell my boss that I'm going to do this as well because yeah. he was very happy having me there. Um, and then you talk to people as well and they say, why would you do that? You're really good at building. And um, like I told one mate, he goes, haven't you read the Bible before? Why are you going to Bible college? <laughs> yeah. um, I was also to think, can I use my gifts as a builder over in Uganda or Africa as well? So there was kind of like mm. a tie-in with maybe doing some work and teaching, building, 
doing evangelism, equipping people. So I was kind of like doing both. Um, and I was just challenged by people in ministry as well at the church I was at. They said, you should definitely consider doing this. And so sometimes I think, yeah, God just helps you maybe make the next step. It's like, what's the next step to be faithful mm. to him? And what do I think he wants me to do and to be comfortable in that? And I was like, actually, it seems like the next step is to do this. Um, sometimes mm. you don't know why, you don't know what's going to end up. Um, so it was just the next step, I think, yeah, mm. for me. Mm-hmm. I love that way of thinking about it. Just taking the next step. You don't have to have, you know, the next five years or even the next year mapped out perfectly, mm. but stepping out and taking that next step in faith. So you went to Bible college, you trained there for a few years, and then you went to Tasmania, where you spent nine years, I believe, working in a variety of roles in the Anglican Diocese there. What were some of the different roles that you had over those years? And were there things that you learnt working in the trades that actually helped you in this very different work setting? Yeah, so I met my wife at Bible College, Anita, and mm. she's Tasmanian, and she wanted to come back to Tassie. And I think every time we visited, it must have been summer because it was absolutely beautiful <laughs> and 20 degrees. Whereas, so you um, the, got fooled. Yeah, the winters can be a bit brutal. Um, so, yeah, we came down here. There was a job for a youth minister at St. Mark's Bell Reeve, which is the church we're currently going to as well. Um, yeah, so the same. I, was, I went to the interviews. I spoke to some people about the church as well. I spoke to people in Sydney about the opportunities and they said, this looks really good. I'd encourage you to do it. Um, so, yeah, I was there for about five years as a children's and uh, youth worker. And then I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should keep doing this. Um, I was getting a bit restless about that time. Mm. And then the Anglican Diocese at that stage was looking for someone to direct and be in charge of and oversee children's and youth ministry for the whole state. And so... Mm. Yeah, I spoke to the people there. I was speaking to my minister as well at church. And, um, yeah, that seemed like the next step um, with my networks and my gifting and what was needed. Um, mm. So I did that for about three years. It was a funded position, so it wasn't going to be for the rest of my life. Mm. So, yeah, I did that for three years. And then uh, the year after that, I was part-time in the diocese and then I was part-time also in a local church. I think... Mm. I think there is overlap with, um, yeah, whatever you've done. I think whatever God's doing in your, in your life at this moment, He's equipping you and preparing you for your next season, whatever that might be. So mm. I definitely think you either grow through what's happening through either joy or hardship, and then from the things you're learning and you're changing and um, you're being developed, that will help you in your next season. And so in building, well, to be a good builder at least, you need to be organised. And so mm. to oversee the diocese and to try and get my grips on different churches and what they needed, um, definitely needed organising there. I think another thing is that's great in the building industry is that uh, in the building industry, you're actually a part of a team. You can't just be a solo man who's going to do everything. Mm. And so a part of that team as well is um, you're encouraging each other, you're equipping each other, you're actually raising up other carpenters, like if you've got apprentices as well. And there's definitely mm-hmm. that overlap mm-hmm. in ministry. If you're in whatever ministry it is, you're making disciples. Um, you're equipping leaders to make disciples as well. Um, you're helping grow leaders. You're helping them grow in their individual lives and you're helping them grow in their ministry as well. And so that same team that you have on the building site should also be, I think, 
the team that you have in your church or in your ministry. So you're doing this for the the best part of nine years, but then you went back into the trades where you're continuing to be now. So so what led to to that change and and unpack a little bit of what what it is that you are doing now? Yeah, so a few of my prezi mates call me reverse Jesus because I'm back on the back on the tools now. So <laughs> that's, that's nice of them. Um, yeah, so. The year that I was part-time at the diocese and part-time in a, a church, so we went to a new church that year, mm. um, and I had a bit of a clash with another person on the ministry team, unfortunately. So, yeah, I've never never experienced this before in ministry or even in, in life, really, or even in work. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a bit, took me by surprise, a bit unexpected. And then through that year of working, I was like, this isn't probably going to work out f- for much longer full time mm. like um and at the same time like my whole family are coming to the church as well and one of my daughters was struggling a little bit with anxiety and going to a new church wasn't helping and so yeah during that year towards the end it got to a stage where it was like well i don't think we can be doing this long term what mm. are we going to do and then i was thinking well what can i do looking at jobs and uh, my father-in-law is now a retired builder and he had networks and accounts and things set up that i could uh that could help me spoke to some close friends as well dan in hobart and they said if you go back to building we want a deck so (laughs) it looked like there was work straight away um yeah and i love i love physical work as long as my body can keep up and so yeah we just investigated that i was working part-time still for the diocese uh, for a little bit but then it got to a stage where you couldn't build half a deck and then just say i'll be back in a week mm. so um yeah during 2018 i um yeah i was back on the tools full time mm. um yeah so yeah that was the big picture of what happened there so yeah, yeah so now that was 2018 i was by, uh, i was just myself and then yeah got my builder certificate started my company in 2020 and currently it's me and two mature age apprentices uh, one a first year and one a second year so um, that's the team and we do first four additions take off roofs off houses and put another story on and extensions uh, bathrooms kitchens decks yeah fantastic fantastic james can i ask um You're sharing there, and thank you for sharing that, but obviously you've trained for something else. You're doing that. There's been this um, challenging situation you've found yourself in. You've gone back into the trades. Was there a sense in which you felt like that was a, if I can use this word, a a failure in any sense? Uh, It was definitely questions that I was asking because I remember Mm. in ministry, sometimes you do say, okay, I'm going to set my heart set my hand to this and let's let's get stuck into it and do it and said yeah well i'm not going to build anymore um yeah god i'm committing to this let's uh yeah it was a lot it was a lot to wrestle with i think Mm. i asked that question not because i think that myself but i think sometimes (laughs) there can be unfortunately in christian circles uh, almost a pitting of um so-called christian ministry against against secular work one being more important than the other and so to to be the reverse jesus as as you say there there might be some who would have that that perception or think that and certainly as you say wrestling with it yourself but you have done both of these things been in both of these spaces gone back and forward between them even 
how do you how do you reflect on or even respond to that that tension that sometimes exists i, I absolutely love building so i think who's god created to to be like mm. you do talk to people in full-time ministry and they're like i love this and this is what i was this is what i was made to do or um, someone's an accountant and they love numbers for some crazy reason or something. <laughs> um, there's p- people are funny like that. Like I've got friends who are nurses and I think, how do they do that? Like, um, mm. so sometimes yeah, people will say about builders, how do you get out there and do that? And it's like, oh, because that's how I was created. And, um, I love this. And at the same time, I think, yeah, you, you use your gifts and abilities as well. Like what gifts do you have? Um, like being on a building site, you have got a, a uh, fair few evangelistic opportunities and mm. I am an evangelist at heart and so I pray for boldness and I take those opportunities um, so I wouldn't get that in ministry like people see you coming from a mile away and they they walk on the other side of the road and try and mm. keep away from you or so I think a part of all those things as well is that you need to be convinced in that season that you're doing what God wants you to do mm. um, and so that's what I'm convinced of at the moment. And I'm also flexible to say this season, I'm convinced that God wants me building in Hobart. Now, if I'm convinced in two years that something else is the way to go, well, then mm. I have to trust God in that. And I think so sometimes we, yeah, we might think, oh, well, I'm doing this. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. But that actually might not be true. Something might happen or you might hear a sermon, you might be reading something in the Bible, you might be talking to a friend, a missionary might visit your church, and God might be like, actually, it's time It's time to do this. So mm. I think, um, yeah, I think seasons is a good way to see to see life. The, the season you're in now is not going to last forever. Mm. And, and also, you're, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus who is currently a builder. Um, I'm not a builder who is a Christian, and so your identity is, is in Christ first. Um, that's what you are, and that, and because that's going to be true for the rest of your life, whatever you do, it shouldn't be who you are. So, yeah, I was a follower of Jesus, and I was in full time ministry. I was a follower mm. of Jesus, and I'm back on the tools, and I'm a builder. And one day I'll be retired if I if I make it then, and so yeah. I'll be a follower of Jesus who's retired. And so mm. um, I think yeah, it's that, it's that shift to think, well, who's your identity? And so what happens the day when you think, oh, yeah, I'm a full-time, full-time paid person in ministry and something happens where, you're, where you might think, actually, it's time for a change. But if you're holding onto that so tightly and that's who your identity is, you're going to struggle. Mm. If your identity is with Jesus and that is who you are, well, then everything around that is actually quite flexible. Mm. Mm, I love that. There's there's so much in there that's that's wonderfully encouraging. Uh, so thank you, thank you for sharing that. And obviously you've reflected on this a lot. Is there a sense also in which, um, and you use the word seasons? It's almost as though there are different seasons in life and different spaces that we find ourselves in. And wherever it is, uh, our role there is to serve God and, and love people. Has that been your experience? Yeah. So definitely. So I think um, I think whatever you've like I'm thankful for the life and the ministry that God has given me. Um, I didn't choose to be born when I was born. I didn't choose to grow up where I was growing up. That was a gift that was given to me, the colour of my skin, the colour of my eyes and where I was actually born. Um, it's not something that I should take lightly or or be boastful about. It was all given to me. It was a gift. And so I'm thankful for the church I grew up in in Sydney. Thank you for, for the opportunities I've had. And so... 
it's then thinking through, okay, I've got these gifts and abilities. I've got these opportunities. How can I keep using them to serve God? Uh, James, lots there for us uh, already to think about. But what I want to do uh, next is explore more specifically how your Christian faith actually shapes your daily work as a builder. And in particular, I guess return in some ways to that tension that I raised before, that there are actually all sorts of ways that uh, there is great value in serving God and loving people and really doing ministry in the sphere of the workplace, the building site, and so on. So the the difference that being a Christian makes both what you do and how you do it. That's what we'll explore a little bit more with James in just a moment. You've heard of IQ and EQ, but what about your EVQ? Grow in your evangelism quotient, or EVQ, so you know what to say and when to say it when you're sharing your faith. It's like IQ, but for your evangelism. Wherever you are in your evangelism journey, join one of our tailor-made programs with your own personal mentor. Find out more today at evq.org.au. Well, welcome back. James, uh, I want to explore with you now a little bit more about how your faith intersects with your current work. But before we get there, uh, you must have worked on so many different sites over the years, completing all sorts of different projects. So, look, what's maybe one of the strangest requests you've had from a client or one of the more unusual sites that you've had to work on? Yeah, I think um, I haven't worked on, like, any massive projects worth billions of dollars or... Um, I haven't had a client say, oh, we want this, and I've had to think, oh, geez, how do I talk them out of that? So I've probably been, been a bit fortunate in those. But I, but one thing that happens to, I think, every tradesman hmm. is that we're powering on through the year. It comes to October, and then this person will email us. They'll contact us, and they'll say, can you please come and look? And it's usually like a deck. They're like, oh, hmm. we need this deck built. So you rock up there and you go, tell me about the project. And they're like, we need this deck and we need it by Christmas because (laughs) our whole family, our whole family is coming over for Christmas lunch and we're all going to be on this deck. We need this deck. Can you get it done by Christmas? And I'm like, yes, I can get it done by Christmas. And I'm like, yep. oh, this Christmas? Oh, no, not this Christmas. <laughs> no, no way. Not, oh, sorry, I mean, I thought you meant next Christmas. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely get it done by next Christmas. And so, um, yeah, that's probably the funnest one is that well, they wait till the end of the year, jump on yep. you, and then um, expectations. Well, look, let's just explore a little bit more of the work you do, you know, build decks, and you've talked about bathrooms. And uh, I've been looking through your website, and there are just beautiful pictures on it of the, of the craftsmanship and uh, oftentimes the restoration that you've brought to something that's tired and old and run down. So just talk to me about this. Uh, are there ways in which you see this bringing beauty, um, restoration as being an expression of your faith and really the nature of God? Uh, I think it's interesting in, in building, and I think the God we worship, the God we trust in, is also a very generous God. Mm. I think sometimes, um, like if I was... If I was at, in creation, was building a tree, I'd just be like, yeah, there it is, gum tree, bang, done, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. But he doesn't. He makes like thousands and thousands of different species of trees. Um, he's extravagant and generous in his um, creation. And so, yeah, when we do do renovations, when we put decking down, 
uh, it's not just like, oh, yeah, treated pie and that's your only option. Mm. We've got a generous God who in creation chooses to create thousands of options. And so, no, there's actually, there's more than, there's more than one option. Or when they choose tiles, I always think it's fascinating when people choose tiles. God didn't just go, okay, we'll call that color green. Okay, we'll call mm. that color blue. There's thousands of shades of green. He's mm. a generous God. Um, it does amaze me. Um, yeah, he's he's a God who has the, he has the details. Um, he has the expanse of creation. Um, yeah, we live we live in a world that is really really fascinating, and uh, we see his generosity even in creation of things that we might walk past and we don't think about it. But yeah, that's just one type of tree. That's one type of flower. Mm. And in building, you see that um, if one person. Well, likes one sort of decking to another decking um, or a vanity in a different colour t- um, type of timber or a different colour mm. tile. I think also um, for the Christian as well, like I love transformation and renewal mm. and change. And I think um, God does his work in us by justifying us. Um, he loves us so much. He reaches down to our life and changes us as we are. And so he doesn't go fix up your life and then I'll come and save you. He goes, no, Bane, he changes. It's like he's bought that 1950s weatherboard house. And he's like, okay, I've got this house. I, I haven't bought the one that was renovated. I've bought the one that's, that's ready for renovation. Mm. And then also there's sanctification. Like God mm. loves us so much that he won't leave us the way we are. He won't leave us the way that we're. Um, when we're saved, that he'll keep changing us. And so he'll be like, okay, it's time to put bats in the ceiling. Um, those windows, single glaze, they're gone. We need to get double glazed units and oh, that leaking bathroom. And sometimes sanctification, it does hurt, doesn't it? Like it's a mm. bit uncomfortable knocking mm. walls out. Um, you do the work yourself and you're sweating. Uh, but then you look back and you think, wow, like that's what God's done in my life over the last 10, 20, 50 mm more years and so there is this overlap where you reflect mm. and you might think about building and, and we do it in our we all, all have it in our workplaces um and you think well god's doing that on a on a different level and god's mm. doing that in my life he's he's saving people but also he's just not leaving us as the way we are he's he's changing us to become more like his son jesus and so mm. how i enjoy change in building um Sometimes I do enjoy the change he makes in, in me. Sometimes it's a bit painful, but um, yeah, in the end, it's still beautiful when you do see yeah. that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I'll ever look at a, a construction site the same way again, uh, James. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful picture. I really, really appreciate that. Look, I, I imagine that like all work, uh, a big part of your job is relationships. Um, maybe it's not with the same colleagues every day, day in, day out, but you've got different tradesmen working for you. You've got clients. You've got apprentices that come and go. How does your faith shape how you a- interact with each one of those different types of people? Yeah, so you do interact with um, – so you might be interacting with your – apprentices every day mm. uh, you interact with your different trades so at the moment my electrician's been working on our site but i haven't seen my plasterer for a long time mm. uh, so you interact with them um, differently in different levels but also you interact with clients differently as well mm. and so i think to have the the lens of 
every per, every person uh, you either work with or you're working for a client uh, has been created in God's image. Mm. It gives you a different view of uh, the value and the worth of that person. So sometimes builders might think, oh, I'm just here to get a job done. Mm. I just want to race in, punch out this bathroom and go. Hopefully I won't see that person again. They pay the invoice mm. and I'm done. There's maybe the the lens of that person is actually created in God's image, changes how you speak to them, how you communicate with them, uh, how you love them, how you actually spend time with them. Mm. Um, it gives you a whole different way of viewing that person. And then there's also, I do a lot of work for Christian clients as well. So mm. that brings on a, a different relationship as well. So they're still creating a God's image. Uh, but that person is actually a brother or sister in Christ. Um, so that gives you different opportunities and that and you view them differently as well, regardless of what you think about them, you're actually going to spend an eternity with them. Hmm. And you might not catch up in heaven and talk about the new bathroom, um, but that's even different. The, the, person who, the person who annoys you at church, actually, if they're a follower hmm. of Jesus, you're actually going to spend an eternity with them. And what we should be thankful for is that get to, getting to heaven, God's actually going to change you. So, hmm. um, that's really nice as well. So, yeah, how you view clients, how you view people who you work with, mm. um, having that, that, that different um, lens helps you. And also the opportunity with Christians. I was working at a, a Christian family's house uh, last year, mm. and then the mom and the son raced out of the house, and I said, oh, have a good day. And she goes, oh, I'm just dropping off my son to school. He's about to do his year 12 exams uh, mm. for maths. And I said, well, why don't I pray for you? Mm. And so they just stopped. I prayed for their son, and then off he, off he went, off to his exams. And so, yeah, as a Christian, you have that opportunity to, mm. um, to pray for people. If they send you an email, if you've got five minutes to send an email, you've got one minute to pray for them. And mm. so... Um, there is those differences in in your relationships and opportunities that you have. Even when clients have messaged me saying, I'm praying for a job, I'm very thankful for that, that they've stopped taking time out of what are they doing to pray mm. to the God of the universe for me. I'm extremely thankful for that. Mm. Mm. James, tell me, in viewing people in that way, um, that obviously will have an impact on the way that you treat them. Um, that will hopefully, I guess, uh, stand out to them as something that's distinct or different perhaps from other people that they interact with, um, both clients and other tradesmen and apprentices as well I'm thinking of. Have there been opportunities because of that for you to share something of your Christian faith with people on site or between going between jobs? I think little things like paying your trades on time that that helps. Like even just even just valuing their time and their energy. And they're a lot of the guys I use as well. They're running small businesses. They've just built houses. They're paying off mortgages. Um, they've got young families. Uh, yeah, and to pay them on time, and then they they're very thankful. So sometimes you will get opportunities. Sometimes you'll pray for boldness, and there will be opportunities there. Um, mm. Sometimes it's just those little opportunities where they know you're a Christian now. So recently. Uh, one of one of the guys uh, I know for the building industry, we're going to have like a men's dinner. Um, and I'm not sure if he knew, he knew I was a Christian or not. So I said, oh, men from church are going along to a dinner. Would you like to come? So if he came, it'd be amazing. He couldn't mm. come. Uh, but it was more just an opportunity for me to say, actually, I'm a Christian, by the way. There's many ways you can do it. I think um, 
when you ask people about what they believe, sometimes you don't want to push it too far to make mm. them feel uncomfortable, especially if you've got an ongoing relation with them. You think, okay, we've, that's enough for the moment and we can pursue it more. Also, yeah, I pray for a couple of guys from work every night. I pray for a bunch of people who aren't Christians and they're on that list. Um, so, yeah, God's, God's doing things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned just there um, the importance of paying people quickly and on time is just a is just something that you seek to do as a demonstration of your faith. Are there other uh, little or, or big things that you you find yourself particularly trying to do that you hope might um, might demonstrate something of the difference that the Christian faith makes in your life for good? Not just as a demonstration, but also because it's the right thing to do. I think with other trades, it's being thankful for their work, and it is mm. to say, like, thank you, or I've, like, say, my tiler's tiled a bathroom, and then he's onto his next job, but then I arrive at that job, and I'll text him and say, I'm just at that bathroom at this address. I just wanted to tell you you've done a really great job. I'm so thankful for our relationship and the work you mm. do on the team, because we live in a thankless society, whereas if someone does something wrong, we tell them oh, you mm. need to fix this up, but we don't actually praise people for the good work they do or we expect it. So that's one side of the trades. I think with clients, it's communication. So I remember when I went back to building, I was talking to a lot of friends and they just pretty much said everything they can't stand about builders. So I quickly took note and thought I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, and so try not to make promises that you're not going to fulfill. And so to say, yes, I'll get your quote back in a week or in two weeks or I'll look into that and I'll get back to you. So to be prompt with emailing or even mm. just I talk to people and they say, oh, we're really appreciative of you answering our questions because we actually don't even know how this works mm. and taking the time to, I think also it's just like wasting, we say it's a waste of time, but it's wasting time with clients. You, From a business perspective, you're actually building up um, relationship capital with that mm. with that client, which you may actually have to spend later on when things go a bit tricky, but mm. that's just a part of, um, I think, a part of life as well is to think, actually, I've got this client who talks a lot, and I'm like, I'm going to be talking to him for half an hour when we get to the site. Well, the apprentices mm. can start working. I'm going to go talk to him for half an hour, but mm. that's, just, that's just fun. So, Yeah, yeah, I love that. The, they're not worrying if you're not efficient all the time because of the importance of that developing of that relationship that's um that's something very challenging um, but uh i think necessary and important for us all james you've mentioned a few times just uh the the place of prayer for you in relation to your work so can you just share a little bit more about that with us what are some of the things that you pray about when it comes to your work and and why is prayer such a a significant thing for you when it comes to to your daily work yeah, so my current system of spending time with God is at, at night. I am um, a family of all going to bed. I've got uh, kids and a wife. They're all in bed, and I pray through Operation World, which is just an app. Then I listen to the Bible being read, and then I spend time praying. And, yes, yeah, so every night I'm praying for work um, and what goes on. During COVID was very difficult. I spent a lot of time praying for work and meditating on Matthew 6, do not worry mm. about tomorrow, because I was pretty much worried about tomorrow. Um, so, whereas at the moment I've got heaps of work, I'm very thankful for that. And so it's thanking God for work. And so I thank God for work. Um, yeah, I pray for some people who aren't Christians that I know through work, pray for them to be saved. Um, I pray for my employees, whatever mm. needs are there in their lives currently. So yeah, every night I pray for work in that regard. 
Um, on Fridays, I do paperwork and meetings, and so I don't have uh, the boys in the ute with me. So when we're in the ute driving to a site, we might just listen to the radio. Uh, on Fridays, I'm by myself, so I turn the radio off, um, and I just pray. I might pray for clients. I might pray for what's happening in the day. It might be work-related. It might not be work-related. Um, yeah, I think prayer shows who you're trusting in as well. So mm. I'm not trusting in myself to find work. I'm thankful for the for the work that God's providing me. Um, I'm trusting in Him for all my needs, for every part of my life, uh, not just one little part of my life or my Sunday life or mm. or the or, or a little bit that I think I can I can hand over, but I don't want to hand over all of it. And so. Um, yeah, I trust in, I trust God with every part of my life and a, la- a large part of my life's work. And so I need to spend time praying in these things. So this, I'm so busy with work. I need to spend more time praying, not less. Mm. Um, mm. So. Yeah, yeah. That's a good challenge. Good challenge and encouragement. James, one final question. Um, you referred there to the time during uh, COVID where um, obviously work couldn't happen and that uh, certainly brought pressures and challenges for you but even outside of that i imagine running a small business can have all sorts of different pressures you know the unpredictability of work um ensuring customers actually pay their bills to you on time um, managing all the relationships with contractors and so on so finally what have you learnt through working in this industry about trusting god both as a as a boss and also as a small business owner yeah, so I've got a Bible passage that I like to go back to, and also it's kind of like one uh, that I look at uh, for work. It's from James 4, 13 to 15. I think it just helps with the framework of work, even running your own business. Uh, it says, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. <laughs> Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Um, so, yeah, I, I plan for jobs. I've got schedules. Um, I need to make, if you don't work in the building industry uh, and you're in, in your own boss, if you don't work, you don't get paid. That's a reality. Um, and at the same time, am I putting all my time and energy? Am I making these big plans thinking this is what's going to happen next year, next financial year? These are the jobs. This is where we're going to make heaps of money. Is that um, my focus and my identity? I don't think many of us could predict that COVID was going to happen. Mm. Um, that the, what, the, Even the building industry with prices and people uh, going bankrupt and struggling. Um, and so I think sometimes we have plans. Well, James reminds us here, we'll bring those plans to God, actually. You can have plans, you can have um, things that you want to achieve. However, the framework of those plans is if it is the Lord's will. And so I think I've continually learned that and I'm continually reminded of that as well, no matter what I say or do, to keep coming back um, and being reminded of, well, actually, my life isn't just about making heaps of money and being so-called comfortable my life Mm. is actually a mist Um, my identity isn't as a builder Um, it's in christ and who am i actually trusting in who am i praying to each day well i'm actually trusting in god and so i can echo the words 
in James 4.15, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And so um, that is definitely a source of comfort as a small business owner and even just as a follower of Jesus. Mm, mm. That's a wonderful note to finish on there, James. I, I really do appreciate it. I've, yeah, look, I've really enjoyed this chat. Um, certainly been eye opening for me in terms of a, an industry that I haven't had any experience in. But nevertheless, there's just been so many points of application that I think are relevant to not just me, but to all of us listening, really, in no matter what background we're in. And equally, just the, the encouragement that you have given to us, I think, as well, that there are incredible ways and opportunities to serve God in whatever arena we find ourselves in, whether it's in the church, whether it's in an office, whether it's in a construction site. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, James. No worries. Well, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Look, that brings us to the end of this episode. Next time on the podcast, we're going to meet a man whose work, some believe, may just save the planet. I'm speaking with Forest Maker, and winner of the 2022 Australian Christian Book of the Year Award, Tony Renaudu. But until then, I'm Andrew Laird, and you've been listening to the Life at Work podcast. Enjoyed this podcast? Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing and leaving a rating so others can find us too. Join us next time on the Life at Work podcast with Andrew Laird.